Hello guys, welcome back to Board Draw, episode number 27. He's back. The man is back We're after... We're back, baby. He's had a nice little break in Ibiza. Feeling nice and calm, out by myself. Even though, while I was out there, the boys let me down. Let me down. We didn't lose, but we drew 1-1. And then we got slapped up by PSV. You were the better team though, that game. So it's lucky that I was in a nice, relaxed... Yeah, relaxed environment. I was at one with myself. Because if I was at home and I was as stressed as I've been like this last couple of months, watching Arsenal flop two on the bounce would have tipped me over the edge. But yeah. I'm all good. Yeah, it's all good. It's all gravy, mate. All good, um, should, we, should we get into it then? We should talk about, I mean, you already spoke about Arsenal. little uh, brief overview. For, as an Arsenal fan, obviously, uh, after the start they've had, a one-all draw against uh, Southampton isn't ideal. No, I said in our preview last week that um, before I went away that St Mary's is always a bit of a tough place for us to go. We always seem to um, struggle when we go there. I'm pretty sure the stat is that we've been there in our last five. We've we've only won one or something like that. So we always do struggle when we go to St Mary's. It's never never a certain dub. And in, even in the good form we have been in, I still wasn't like overconfident about going there. And it was a case of kind of like um so there's been a running form in our games the last couple of weeks where we've created an abundance of chances every single game like against Leeds in this game in the PSV game um in the Europa League the first uh, time we played them hella chances but we're not clinical enough up top and that was the same as in this game first half I say this first half was like the most we've dominated a team all season. We didn't let them out of their half at all, pinging it around. So many chances. Gabriel Jesus had a number of decent clear-cut opportunities that he either got fouled. I don't even want to talk about the referee, and the referee in that game was an absolute joke. But, um, yeah, there was a couple of opportunities that Gabriel Jesus should have put away. And so we got into half-time and... We were rightfully in front, but should have been in front more. And then the second half, we just couldn't get going. Southampton just came out. And what we did to them first half, they pretty much did to us second half, just all over us. And we couldn't get out of our half. So Sam Armstrong popping up with a goal. Um, yeah. I don't want to talk about the game too much because I don't think there's much more to say than what you've already said. But something I do want to cover is the redemption arc of Granite, the man, Xhaka. Um Obviously, outcast by Arsenal fans, what was it now, a couple of seasons ago? Yeah, I think it was like the very end of Unai Emery's reign. The returning Unai Emery. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's obviously now playing in this like bit more progressive eight role. And it's really interesting to see, and he's really thriving. He's playing unbelievable. He's got quite a few goals now this season. Yeah, he remind not like his playing style or anything, but like the way he's getting his goals reminds me of... Aaron Ramsey in his like peak form. Aaron Ramsey in his peak was one of the best midfielders arriving on late, time, late yeah. in the box yeah. and pinging screamers into the bins. And Granit Xhaka, now that, like you said, he's got that more forward role, he's, he's so intelligent and he arrives at the box at such good moments and his finishing is so underrated. He, he like, the goal he get, got against PSV in the game that I was talking about and then in this game, he's very good at like one-touch finishes and I'd say maybe our best finisher at the club at the moment, maybe him or Martinelli, but he's getting chances and putting them away. And yeah, I don't know if there's a better player redemption arc going. 
Yeah, I think he's been very, very impressive. But we've always known he's had a bit of a thunderbastard on him. Mm. But his placement of shots this season has been exquisite. Yeah, good player. Um, the amount of chances that Arsenal are creating is obviously nothing to worry about because they are creating an abundance of chances. Is that lack of like clinical cutting edge finishing something that worries you as a fan? Or is it something you think will come? Or do you think they're just faltering at the minute? Um, I, I wouldn't say worries me because we've got goals. I would like to, in the transfer market, I know we've been, uh, there's been news that apparently um, Kroenke is going to back us and we'll get a few more signings in. I would like to see us buy a kind of 10 to 15 goal a season winger. I know we've been linked with, um, in Rafael the past, Neto. But yeah, recently, I think now that we're kind of top of the league, we're looking at maybe a little bit higher. And Rafael Leal, whoa, what a player. He's uh, one of the most exciting prospects in football at the minute. And he there's really um, a geezer at Shakhtar Donetsk, Mukilenko. Yep, yep. Mudrik Mukilenko. So one of those two, I'd like to see... Is it, didn't he miss the sitter the other day? No, he, he set up the guy that missed the sitter. I saw that. It was, that was stink, horrendous. Stinky. But yeah, the Mukilenko guy, also another... But he's been... Um, Shakhtar have come out and said they want 85 million for him, so that's a bit crazy. Bit, bit, yeah, but that's money now in football, isn't it? It is, but that's the kind of thing I want us to do in the transfer market because as much as I love Gabriel Jesus, and I've, I think he is still pivotal in what he does for the team, but he's never going to be a 25-goal-a-season player. He's going to facilitate other players getting 10 or 15 goals. And as you can see, Saka's doing good numbers. Martinelli's doing good numbers. And they're doing good numbers because of the work that he puts in. So if you can get another winger to go outside Gabriel Jesus that will get the 10 to 15 goals, like a layout or Mikienko, I'm happy with our chance creation that I think we'll keep pushing on. But Gabriel Jesus, do a couple of finishing drills on the training round. Yeah, man. I, I mean, the thing is, even though he's not putting the ball in the back of the net as much as you would like him to, mm. what he is, like you say, he's facilitating other players yeah, getting the, those numbers. Um, but if you took Gabriel Jesus out and put a 15, 20 goal striker in, the whole team falters because he is the man that leads the press. Yeah. He is the example of how to press your opponent. He is um, he's the best Premier League number uh, forward at pressing. Like, yeah, I agree. And it's not just that. Like you, you often see clips of him. The one that harkens back to my mind is uh, when he tackles Richardson against Tottenham just outside his box. Like Richardson goes to like step past him, he gets the ball, and he's doing that sort of stuff on his own, the edge of his own area. Yeah, his work rate. Like crazy. leading by example, the work rate is unmatched, and it's really important, especially for such a young team. Yeah, to see a 100%. player of his quality doing that, like kind of stuff, chipping yeah. in, doing the dirty work. Yeah, hundred percent. Because. Um, you could often see teams with such high quality with young players, they lack that sort of grit and edge. And obviously the fact that he's out there doing this, he's he's, he's leading by example, you know? Yeah. He's telling them, man, follow suit. Yeah, no, and, I, um, he's been I agree. pivotal to uh, Arsenal's 100%. success this season. Um, but yeah, I mean, good result for Southampton though. They've been a bit like... Uh, yeah, their last two results, like... They must have seen the last two games as Bournemouth, who hadn't lost in five previous to playing them, and then Arsenal, who were uh, top of the league, flying. And they must have thought, fuck me, we're in trouble here. 
Hassan Hüttel must have been four uh, points a from bit. that six is very good. So yeah, yeah a little bounce much, back for them. But 100%. that's what always happens with Southampton. They go through these runs where it's like Hassan Hüttel, he's not good enough, he's on yeah, his way out, 100%. and then he'll get a couple of results, and everyone forgets about it until they go on the next run, and then they lose nine 0 to someone. And um, yeah, it is what it is. Another big upset. Well, I, I guess the, the Arsenal biggest, one's not a massive upset. The biggest upset. Big, big, big. Made upset. me very upset. Not because I'm a, a fan of this team at all, but I captained their main man and he's fucking let me down again. He, he was playing number nine as well, weren't he? Like, let me down again. We're talking about Liverpool losing 1 0 to Nottingham, Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Uh, Steve Cooper's men in red. Taiwo Anii. So I didn't know this. Liverpool signed him back in the day and yeah. then loaned him out. He never made an appearance for Liverpool. So he's gone to Liverpool, the club that brought him to England. I saw a very cute um, interview of him after the match where he was like, um, I want to give all thanks to Liverpool for bringing me from Nigeria to England. And I was like, yes, score a winner against them and then thank them. I love that. But um, yeah, it was a um, good performance from Nottingham Forest. I think both keepers had a really, really good game. Yeah, Dean Henderson yeah. in particular, obviously he's come out on the winning side. Yeah. Um, but I think Alisson had a really good game. But Liverpool, did, like, what is wrong with Liverpool? And I'm seeing a lot of people who are analysing their game and and the, all their issues stem from off the ball. Like there is just a lack of, like, there is a lack of press, there's a lack of organisation and there's a lack of cohesion, especially the, the back line. Um Players stepping up when they shouldn't be, players not covering um, to make attacking runs, and there is and you're never going to build a strong foundation which is going to allow you to get goals if you don't have that cohesion at the back. Yeah, and it's something that's really worrying to be a Liverpool fan because you're watching teams like Chelsea and you're watching teams like Man United develop these passages of play, and they're developing their off the ball a lot. And you can see it in in the results now that they're going to start picking up. I know I know Man United have had a decent run, um, but Chelsea as well. Hope I, I think they will continue to sort of like gain steam on the growing Potter. But when you've got a manager of the caliber of Jurgen Klopp, like top two manager in the world, maybe yeah. And it's taken, and obviously there's no easy answers, right? And they haven't been a little bit injury here, but when you can't get it to work. Especially against a team like Nottingham Forest, who've signed 4,000 players. And on paper, and no matter what form Liverpool are in, they've got to be beaten Nottingham but Forest. But we've seen it click for Liverpool, and they've beaten Bournemouth, and they've smashed them, and they beat Rangers, and they smashed them. Hmm. But then they go and they just, like, they falter to, like, the simplest sort of, like, anytime anyone puts a little press on them, they falter. And it's all that stems from their off the ball um, play. And but that is something that is really weird for me because the main man they lost, Sadio Mane. Okay, big big loss, but Luis Diaz came is coming, he's a good player. Not the quality of Mane quite yet. Um but then like they didn't really lose anyone else. No. They've brought players in. Um I know like Fabinho's had his injury, Thiago missed out with uh a ear infection. Yeah, I saw that, which is Yeah. Um so, like, you know, it is weird, but no matter, you're Liverpool. I'm not being funny. At the end of the day, you're Liverpool, and you should not be losing 1 0 to Nottingham Forest on your worst day. Yeah, it's a, for me, I think Klopp's running out of answers. He's obviously, like you said, one of the best managers in the world, but 
He needs to turn... He... Even if you've got injuries, you've got to find a way to make things work. You either change formation, and he's tried that. He's tried a couple of different formations. He tried the diamond. We've seen the four-two-three-one. We've seen four, Salah four, up top, Salah out wide, fucking Darwin Nunez up top, Firmino up top, Firmino behind Darwin Nunez. We've, he's tried a bunch of things, and none of it's working. And I don't know how much longer he can get away with picking up results here and there and then losing games that he should be winning. My issue is that He's trying to shoehorn players that aren't ready into this team. Like, so this game, he started three players under the age of 21 in Carvalho, Elliot, and Curtis Jones. And individually, I like all three of them. They've all got, like, good qualities. But this Liverpool team, the way they play, the way that's brought them success over the last three, four years, is they're just bigger, stronger, more energetic. They're all over every team transition from defence into attack it would literally be a long diagonal ball and they're in behind they bully teams in their kind of physicalness their every loose ball their one on ones they win every duel and now no matter how old you are you can be young you can see Harlan he's fucking like smashing up man at 22 years old but these three aren't physically there yet they're not winning every duel. Harvey Elliott, tactically, very smart for his age. Technically, very good for his age. But physically, he's not on the level. Same with Curtis Jones, same with Carvalho. They're all a bit, in my opinion, small. A bit fragile. We'll get bullied by a team. So, Nottingham Forest, they play through the back, squeeze the midfield full of workers. And in they've Ryan come the championship as well, which is a, like, perhaps the most physical division. Exactly that. So, they must have seen that the likes of Serge Aurier who's a fucking he's known for just crunching crunching man Steve Cook same so they are just probably looking at that Liverpool lineup seen Harvey Elliott seen Curtis Jones seen Carvalho seen like 52 year old James Milner and being like we can bully these man it's and like, they did um, that Tyrone E you yeah. see Joe Gomez I love Joe Gomez I think he's a very talented centre back but Tyrone E had him in his pocket the whole game, which is bullying him. It's very reminiscent to me of um, Man United when they lost 4-0 to Brentford. As in, they Brentford picked Fred as the pressing trigger. So whenever Fred got the ball, they knew that that was the time that they need to press and they need to cut off certain routes to like limit his range of pass. Hmm. Um, and I think if you're a team like Forrest, you see Harvey Elliott get the ball, you think, fuck it, I'm going. Because he's young and he's probably he's not like Phil Foden where Phil will take a step to the left and dink it over a man yeah. or be able to like create the space for himself. He's not quite on that level. I really, really don't like Harvey Elliott in the middle of the pitch. No, he I, is not. You can't have a midfield three. I think it was Fabinho started right. Yeah, yeah. with Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones. That is not even apart a, from Fabinho. You get at that midfield for fun. I'm not being funny yet, but that's Bully not a that. top ten in Premier League no. midfield. Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones, they're great players. They're luxury players. But they're, At that yeah. age, they're luxury players. Yeah, 100%. They might blossom into, say, like 25, 26-year-old. They've bulked out a bit. They've become... They have understand their roles a bit more. Then you can get them in the team, maybe one of them in the midfield. But to play both of them against a team, like you said, that have just come up from the championship, uh, at the bottom of the league, they're battling for every point. Their, their manager has just signed a new contract because... He believes in them. They're like fighting for each other at the moment. To play a couple of, don't want to be mean, uh, mean, kids, 
they're going to get bullied by hardened vets of so Liverpool obviously we know about their midfield struggles they sort of you know they've got the players like Chamberlain injured Cater injured um, Thiago obviously missed out um, through the infection but you do and they brought in uh, Arta who um, no one's really too set on it was sort of a panic last minute sort of deal um, to bolster the midfield but like over the last few years, they're obviously their um, what do you call the hiring process? Their recruitment, their recruitment has been fantastic. Mm. Um, but I think their midfield recruitment has definitely uh, lacked some attention to detail yeah. or even any attention at all. Their sporting director's left, hasn't he? I think they had like a very popular the sporting guy- director, and he left. I don't know if it was at the start of this season. And apparently Manchester United are, are putting a... Yeah, like the head a, of recruitment. Yeah, yeah, Man United has given them a big... Um, so that's interesting to keep an eye on. But yeah, like you said, their recruitment hasn't been smart enough. They they must have known that when Sadio Mane didn't sign his new contract, and there have been rumours for a while that Sadio Mane wasn't going to sign one and that he was looking to leave. And yes, they brought in Diaz, which has uh, so far been a fantastic signing. But they must have... Like Carvalho, like Harvey Elliott, Diaz is still young. You're Liverpool competing for Champions League, Premier League. You can't rely on under 21-year-olds to... To keep you up there. Keep you up there. You, like, you, this season now... Unless they're Haaland, you need to sign finished product. Yeah, you need, Haaland... He's already pretty he, much he's a finished, finished product. product. He's yeah. only going to get better, yeah, which exactly. is scary to think of. But um, yeah, it's like if you're a Liverpool fan, it's, it's just really worrying. It's a worrying time because... This could potentially sm- uh, spell the end of the Klopp era. Yeah, like if, if, I, I don't think they would be so hasty as to pull the trigger and get rid of Klopp. Because I think if you get rid of Klopp, there, there is, the grass isn't always greener. Oh, the grass not. definitely isn't greener. There are probably, I would say, that there is no manager available right now who's yeah, better than Yeah, you'd have to do Klopp. very well to find something better than Klopp right now. And I think the only one that you're looking at is Pep. Yeah. Pep's not going to leave for, for Liverpool, is he? Let's be honest. that happened. Mate, I mean, that's like it happens like football manager. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's scary times, but a good win for Forest. Quality um, win for Forest. They're playing Arsenal this weekend. So if you just want to tone it down this weekend, that'd be nice. But um, Forest all over. Shout out. Yeah, shout out to Shout out to um, But yeah, I mean, we'll come back in a minute. We're going to take a little break. And, and then we'll head over to the other side of Liverpool. The other side of Liverpool, yeah. Back again. Goodison Park. Yeah, boy. Yes, go. Should we just, like you said, talk about Awobi for an hour? Because what a man. It's Awobi's world and we just live in it. Honestly, like this time a year ago, anybody asked about the Awobi transfer, if like you're an Arsenal fan or kind of just any fan, and you tell them that we got 40 million for him, people would be like, fucking hell, what an absolute deal for Arsenal. 40 million for Awobi. He's looking like an 80 million pound attacking midfielder these days. I, I'm. I think what Liverpool need to do, yeah, <laughs> harkening back, is just sign a very average winger, and then just make him a centre midfielder. Honestly, because Awobi, and we've said this quite a few times, is credit to Frank Lampard, and because he's inherited this Everton team, they actually had a very decent window, kind of under. Underground. I think nobody Colin really Cody spoke and about. Tarkowski were very, very smart. Yeah, nobody really shrewd. spoke about yeah. them as like a wow, this is a quality window. Look Did out you see, for Everton. Um, the Cody interview where he said like he's so thankful to Everton because 
he knew next season at Wolves he wasn't under Bruno Large, he wasn't going to get any minutes. We'll talk about Wolves in a minute because they fucking wish they never sold Conor Cody. Yeah, fuck Wolves, innit? Um, <laughs> this QPR fan is rattled. No, actually, the Wolves fans are rattled by this QPR fan. Yeah, they won't leave us alone on Twitter, man. It's a bit embarrassing, really, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, small club complex, isn't it? Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, Conor Cody came out and was just like, let Everton give me like a chance, and, and now I'm just yeah. great, grateful to like be like doing well with them. Yeah, interesting though. Like Everton, obviously, everyone had written them off at the beginning of the season. They were like, you had, I think you had them in relegations, I think. Yeah, I think I had them 17th, no, 18th, and yeah. you had them se- um, 17th. Yeah. And we had no faith in Frank Lampard None. and no faith in the team. None. They're actually level on points with Palace. Palace have got a game in hand. I think they're both on 13 points. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, obviously, we can sit here and talk about how Everton doing well, but w- what's going wrong for Palace? Because every time I watch them, I'm not, I don't think they're a bad team. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, same, I'm of the same opinion. I, they, they've got quality in the right areas going forward and defensively, very strong unit at the back. Anderson and Gay quality. Um, Gator, good goalkeeper. Wing-backs, Tyreek Mitchell, I like a lot. We could ignore um, fucking Joel Ward. Joel Ward. Yeah, but Nathaniel Klein's. Uh, yeah, they got Klein, yeah. and so yeah, they. They're Anderson's a phenomenal centre back. Defensively sound, midfield technicians good. Ducore's the best centre defensive midfielder in the world when he's on a yellow card. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, and then going forward, they got the likes of Elite Zaha as a quality players. So I'm not really sure what the issue is, and like like you said, when we watched them against Wolves. It was a bit of a basketball game. Both teams did look good and look average at points. But I I would never have gone from that Wolves game where they played pretty well and expect them to get absolutely trounced 3-0 by Evan. Yeah, I think this was a, sort of an overperformance by Everton. I don't yeah. think they... like. I think that if you took a standard Everton performance, it wouldn't end 3-0. I think they, they have had a really good game here yeah I think Frank Lampard came out and said this is like the best game <laughs> that's he's top managed. analysis Everton win 3-0 they've had a good game here um, this is the best game the best performance he's seen from his team so like yeah, you said it's definitely 100%. a bit of an overperformance but, but what, what I find interesting about Crystal Palace is and I think Zaha pointed this out in an interview earlier on in the season when they're ahead they play so conservatively and very scared mm. and I know obviously they didn't go ahead in this game or whatever but You've got, like we say, attacking talent. You've got Zaha, you've got Eze, you've got Elise, you've got even like Jordan Ayew, who's not a bad player. No, good you've player. got uh, Jean-Philippe Mateta, like good player. Uh, Osman Edouard, like good players, yeah. Shout out these men. Yeah. People will get, who will get goals and you've got creativity and abundance in uh, Eze, Zaha, Elise. Yeah. So why, when you do go goal ahead or, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're being pressed, why are you so scared to get the ball forward? Yeah, it's, it's a hard one. It's a mentality issue because there's a lot of teams that struggle with that. Like Arsenal struggle with that, and a whole number of teams. Like I'd say the only like real killers in the league City. are City and Liverpool of last year. Maybe not this year because it takes like a a good team to win a game, stay stay in it, win like two one or one nil, whatever. But it takes like another level of team to like you said see a game, score, go up. And then keep gunning instead of slowly kind of retreat a the little best, bit. The best teams in the world are the teams that can go from first gear to fifth gear in one switch. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just have killers everywhere. And that's what I said early on in the season about Arsenal. I want us to not play in spells, just kill a team all game. And we'll get there. And maybe Palace will get there. It's 
it's a men- it's definitely a mentality thing where like I suppose it comes from also losing games like this where like you should not be going to because apart game bad three 0 It's like games where you and like Arsenal drawing against Southampton. You see those games where you're like we should have killed them there. Next time that won't happen. So you've just got a, it's like a mentality thing that after a while of battering a team and then not getting the points you want you eventually learn, like, we need to kill these teams. We need to keep killing these teams. So it's, it's a mentality thing. Yeah, I mean, it, they ha- they have a semi-young squad. It's not, it's do, not yeah. the most experienced squad in the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're Palace, it's a project, you know. Mm. They've invested a lot into these young players, the likes of Eze, uh, Elise, their captain, Mark Gay, um, young young boy. Tyreek Mitchell, young boy. Yeah. You know, Um they they will take time, but when they do click, we've seen it. They are electric. Yeah. But it's yeah, like you say, we just we want to see them just push and push and push and not be scared. Come out and play that free flowing electric football. Take a few risks. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But like this conservative style, and it's not, I I don't believe it's down to Patrick Vieira. Like you say, I think it's a mentality thing on the pitch, yeah. um, and maybe that comes down to potentially maybe Gay as captain isn't the right pick. Because he might not be... He's still a bit too young, maybe. Maybe, because yeah. he, he probably second-guesses himself at times. Yeah, I understand. And you want someone, the leader on the pitch, someone like Zaha, yeah. who knows what he wants. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can tell Zaha's a bit of a killer, and you want someone that is like, instead of, <coughs> say, Gay, he might be like, oh, where's our defensive line? Where's our midfielders pushed back? Zaha'll be like, no, fuck that. We're going forward, bring the midfield line up. Everybody get up a bit. So it's one of those things. Or just get Patrick back on the pitch. Come on. You seen the little video on Twitter going around of Patrick Vieira kind of like holding Elise and he's talking to Arsene Wenger. It's very (laughs) cute. But um, yeah, I think it's it's a bit of a sticky one at the moment for Palace in that, and we said this pre-Wolves, they've been playing okay and not really getting a decent amount of points. And that can only go on for so long. Like, you need to pick up points in this league because you're going to start dropping down the league. And especially with the likes of now Villa, who we're going to move on to next, that have picked up a three points and just other teams around you that you wouldn't have expected to get three points. Leicester. Leicester, Nottingham Forest. The more that you put in good performances and don't get any points... The scarier it becomes. Exactly. It can only last so long and then you're in a relegation battle. You don't want to get dragged into that, that battle. You you want to stay the whole season clear of it. You want yeah. to... That bottom six, avoid it. Before we move on to Aston Villa, though... Calvert-Lewin, back in the England team. Oh, no, back in the, back in the Everton team. Potentially. Frank Lampard was asked post-game, how do you rate his chances getting into the England team? And he was like, oh, it might have come a bit too soon. I just want to see Calvert-Lewin get fit again. But Calvert-Lewin, on his day... He's a great player. He's a very, very yeah. good player. I don't know if it's like um, Frank Lampard said, it is too soon. I think it might be because he hasn't had like a prolonged run of games and the World Cup is very soon but yeah I think Everton fans will be glad to see him back because he's yeah, quite a player on his day it's, it's a strange one because like obviously Gareth Southgate does like him yeah Um, but you've got so like for me anyway if Harry, if Harry Kane is the S tier like the top tier of English strikers potentially you're looking at maybe Tammy Abraham in that A tier yeah and then you're looking at the likes of maybe Fucking Ivan Tony, Danny yeah. Ings Callum Wilson uh, Calvert-Lewin yeah there's a lot you know, in that, in that kind of B tier yeah, sort of like 
And I mean, Ka- Callum Wilson's played really well recently, so he could. I think he's out of all those is maybe the closest to that eight. I'd take Callum Wilson out of all of them. I think. Yeah. He came out um, in a Newcastle interview a couple of days ago and said that he thinks he should be going. And I, I think like I should be going for him. Come on, me and you, centre mids. Let's go. Mate, on. easy. But um, yeah, no, I I like Calvert Lewin. I'd say Callum Wilson on form and just in general play. I think he offers. Calvert-Lewin, in my opinion, it does too similar a role to what Harry Kane does. Just probably nowhere near as good. Whereas Callum Wilson offers something a lot more different. He's a bit more dynamic. A lot more dynamic. A yeah. lot more. He He'd like break str- the line, stretch the play. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a different kind. Whereas of Whereas you'll see you'll see Callum Wilson, uh, Callum, sorry, Calvert-Lewin, a bit more hold up uh, orientated, getting in yeah. the box, getting his head on it. Yeah. Which is Harry Kane could do that for you. Harry Kane will also do that sort of like 10 role like your playmaker yeah, yeah come a bit deep for it yeah. but Callum Wilson yeah like you say he'll break the lines he, he offers something different whereas you watch England and the only players who really do it is like Sterling yeah Sterling's, Sterling's always Saka, that yeah. man on the la- the, uh, yeah. the defender's shoulder ready to break over so yeah potentially a very interesting addition to the squad there um Moving on to uh, one of the strikers I listed in that B tier, Danny Ings copping two goals for Villa yep. in a 4 0. So they've just got rid of Steven Gerrard and they're like, yeah, fuck you, Stevie G, mate. He's, he's a fraud. I don't know how he was in that job for as long as he was. Because everyone and their nan can see that squad is stacked. Stacked with. Danny Ings has been a 15 plus Premier League goal scorer for fucking God knows how long. Ollie Watkins could Ollie be, Watkins yeah. is a quality player. Bailey was linked with the likes of Liverpool and City like two seasons ago. Coutinho. Coutinho, fucking 150 ma- a million pounds to Barca. They've got a stacked squad that should be nowhere near relegation zone. And I swear down, I could manage them and get a better. This is a team that you'd look at on like FM and you'd be like, oh, that's quite a tasty little squad, you yeah. know? But yeah, I mean. They were 3-0 up within uh, like 15 first, minutes. 20 minutes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, that's a massive fuck you to Stevie G. <laughs> yeah, um, obviously, now they've brought in Unai, Don Unai. Don Unai back in the yeah. Prem, good evening. Yeah, um, I, do you know what? I hope that doesn't catch on again. I feel he's just rude and disrespectful, personally. <laughs> now, I love my guy, Don nah. Unai. He's a, he, I've never had like a bad word. It was just, for me... Just shit football. Shit football, and he was just the wrong manager at the wrong time. We were coming off like one of football's best ever managers and it was never gonna be like how do you even replace that so yeah it, for him it was like a wrong place wrong time but he's seen success everywhere he's gone yeah he's a good manager and uh, i think villa now will be a team staying in the premier league for the foreseeable annoying um, i don't like villa and but, i had them quite low in my predictions but yeah and but the worrying side for me is like brentford right what they haven't looked how did that happen yeah they just drew against chelsea in a game that they should have won they played very well and then they go to aston villa absolutely demoralized playing the worst football in the league just lost their manager and you get turned over 4-0 you're down 20 20 minutes and you're 3-0 down how's that how does that even happen i like sometimes you like every club has witnessed it where you go into a game, you kick off, and for the first 20, 30 minutes, your team's just not there. Mm. And like some games, you'll get through that period and you'll grow into it. But some games, you just get blown away. And I think that's what happened here. They've got blown away 3-0. Villa have gone in with their heads up. Yeah. And then, you know, it's a, if you come back from that, it goes down as one of the greatest all-time Premier League fixtures. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, is it is it worrying times for Brentford and Thomas Frank? Nah, it's one of those where like, Maybe they didn't expect to get a point against Chelsea, so getting 
that point is a point earned. And then this is like, I don't know what they would have expected. Maybe three points, maybe a draw here. So it all balances out in the end. I don't think they're ever going to be in trouble. I think Thomas Frank is too good a manager. He was actually linked with the Villa job, which was quite interesting. But um, yeah, I think they're fine. It's one of those days, just bad day at the races. Ivan Tony came out and said we were just nowhere near good enough. And I think, yeah, it pretty much sums that up. They just weren't. But one manager that is in trouble and a team that, so we were saying Brentford, are they in trouble? And we said no. Leeds. Jesse Marsh. He's in the marsh. He has. He is in the marshlands at the moment because they've... They looked good versus Arsenal. They looked good versus Arsenal, got nothing out of it. And then... Looked okay here, lost the game. And it's how many more games can Jesse Marsh, kind of like Patrick Vieira, but to like a less lesser extent, how many games can they put in decent performance and get nothing out of it? Because he's, he's replacing one of Leeds' best ever managers. And so... One of football's greatest minds in, how, in Marcelo Bielsa. How do you kind of appease the fans if you're not offering them anything? The thing is, though, they are playing electric, high-intensity, high-energy football. Yeah, it's good football. But... And for some reason, I mean, they are conceding a lot of goals. And, like, they're potentially struggling. I know they scored two in this game, but potentially struggling for that sort of, like, finisher. Obviously, Bamford's only just come back. In the Arsenal game, he missed about a million chances. Yeah, and it takes yeah. time to get that, that level of, like, instinct back. And he had a really good season, which brought him into the England squad. But before that, he was never really a prolific finisher for a striker. Mm. I remember, like, in the championship, he was never really... Like, you come up against Bamford, you're thinking, yeah, it's all right. He you, like, he's a good player, but he's, he's not going to... You know, not yeah, worried yeah, about yeah. scoring. Yeah. Um, His link-up play is good. He's kind of like Gabriel Jesus. Very good at the link-up play, but in the box, kind of shits the bed a little bit. But yeah, I mean, it is, it's, it's strange. But I think, once again, this is a project. Like, you... you Leeds, I can't seem to be too hasty to pull the trigger and be like, right, no. marsh out. Because they can see what's happening here. He's invested, he's brought in a lot of players. You know, Sinistera, Adams, you know, like... Yeah. It, it, like, when it clicks, it looks really good. But it needs consistency. Yeah, consistency it, is key, isn't it? There mm. are times in the games, though, where they just falter away. And like, I don't know whether it's just because of the level of press that they're playing at is draining them and they're like they need yeah. that like five minute spell to like sort of recover and you know but it's a good result for Fulham as well Mitro's getting another goal Fulham looked really good Andreas Pereira what a sign he's think been as chances created he's in like the top five in the league yeah he's a very good very astute signing from Fulham their midfield of him and uh, Jabalina Palina was on very astute signings and yeah normally Fulham they splash the cash on players that aren't right and then they immediately shit the bed and get outplayed. They're very defensively not there. But this year, very astute signings. Defensive unit, Tim Ream. I've never rated him, but he's come out a very good player. And so, yeah, the defensive unit sound. Burnt Leno, quality signing. Had another good game. And... um yeah, the defensive unit sound. And then going forward, Jaapalena, like we said, very good holding midfielder. In front of him, you got uh, Pereira, one of the highest chance created in the league. So that works together very well. And then in the front line, Mitro, who 
is a fucking machine. He's what he's got to be on like ten goals this season already. Yeah, William getting on the score sheet as well. <laughs> Whole time, William back in yeah, the league. Yeah, man, that was a bit. That was like a deadline day signing. Yeah, him and uh, Dan James. Yeah, 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 yeah. Strange, but yeah, I like what's going on. I still can't get over their uh, announcement for Dan James. It said <laughs> Dan German. What like who's in charge of that? <laughs> what are you all about? Um, before we wrap up this little segment, do you want to quickly talk about Wolves and Leicester? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck is going on at Wolves? It's a shambles, mate. Mate, what is going on? Dig out some Wolves fans. Go on. Nah, man, I'm not about that life. I he mean, called I called you, what is it, a small club, and then it's imagine being a Premier League club getting rattled by a Champions League. Mate, Champions like, League obviously, club. Mickey Bill's come out and said, look, I've got a project here. I'm not going to jump ship at the first like, club Wolves that comes to me. can handle rejection. They just can't handle it, man. They're just salty. They're bro. like a yeah, salty like, horny why, lad. Like a la- she doesn't want you, man. Calm bro, but down. Like, th- why are they looking down? Yeah, when they should be looking up. A small club Don mentality. Unai. Huh? They could have got Don Unai if they weren't fucking too busy crying about. Oh, I don't Bill. know, man. Surely there's another Portuguese manager they can ruin their career. Yeah, but um, I don't yeah, know. yeah, mate. They're shit. It's Brendan's problems. back. I bet they were wishing they still had Connor Cody. Yeah, Leicester, let's talk about Leicester because Wolves are dry. Leicester, very good. Um, Jamie Vardy back in the goals. Tielemans scored the most disgusting goal I've ever seen in my life. It was yeah. like a left-footed volley from outside box, went right in the upper stanchion. James Harvey, Madison. James Madison player. Get in the England squad. Harvey Barnes. Harvey Barnes, he's quality on fire player. at the moment. He, he's he, Harvey Barnes is, is a phenomenal player. He's one of the most underrated wingers. I don't know how he doesn't get in like a... The discussion, like, every year we talk about Leicester losing big man. We talk about Tielemans. We talk about Madison. We talk about Fafana. But no one ever talks about a team coming in and snapping up Harvey Barnes. I think Harvey Barnes is quality. I saw someone uh, earlier on Twitter say uh, Vardy would be perfect for uh, a Rangers or Celtic. Yeah, I like that. I, I like the sound yeah, of yeah. that. Um, but, yeah, Jamie Vardy get a goal and an assist. Castagna had a really good game as well. Yeah, yeah. They're um, looking good at the moment. The defensive unit... Shout out to that uh, Don with the uh, the kind of David Luiz trim. I can't remember his name. Woot Fez? Fez, yeah, Fez, yeah. Because he came in and everyone, I think, just assumed that he was a bit of a panic buy because they lost for Fana. But since he's been in the team, they've looked a lot more solid. And um, yeah, I think that's always a good thing. If you're shit in the bed down at the bottom of the league, kind of like Forrest, like Leicester were, just shore it up at the back and work from there. And that's what Leicester and Forrest have both done. Uh, but they've, they've shored it up at the back and they've got a dangerous attack. Let's go. You know? But yeah, I think Leicester... Have they, ro- have they rode out the wave? Have they, uh, have I they, think they have indeed. Uh, have they landed safely? Yeah, I think they have indeed. And like last week where we were talking about is the World Cup coming at the right or wrong time for certain teams? Maybe the wrong time. For Leicester, it could be the wrong time because yeah. they're, they're down there and they're picking up points. They just want the games to keep coming, the three points to keep coming and they can shoot back up the league. Are Wolves now, uh, well, I mean, are they in trouble? Yes, they are. Um, I think they've given the geezer, the caretaker manager, the job till the, yeah, the end of the year. So they've got to have a little time during the Qatar World Cup to reassess yeah. and you know potentially dig out a few managers they could uh, try and steal from other clubs, I guess. Mm. Um, but yeah, wraps that segment up. We'll finish on the Spurs-Newcastle game when we come back. And, and then we'll do predictions. predictions. Bosh. Back. Spurs catching L's. I predicted a 2-1 Newcastle. Let's go. Up the tunes. Fourth in the league. Yeah. Exciting times. Eddie Howe doing well. I saw a kind of compilation. I assume it was made by Newcastle fans of when they originally got took over and they were getting fucking touted with every manager under the sun. And Eddie Howe was one of the names getting touted. And 
all the kind of journos were like, Eddie Howe isn't big enough for this job. Eddie Howe hasn't done enough. His track record isn't good enough, blah, blah, blah. And then now they're sitting in fourth in the Premier League, just beating Spurs, who have got one of the best managers in the world. So, yeah, happy days if you're a Newcastle fan. Yeah, you like that. I'm coming for Nexus, little Seggy. Yeah, obviously, um, finished 2-1 to Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, Spurs started quite well, though. They had a couple chances early on. Son had a chance. Um Hasn't I mean he had that really good game where he came on and scored a hat trick? Oh, I fucking bagged the fa- fantasy points that game, but yeah, but yeah, he, he hasn't up since. Hasn't been able to get going to the level that we we know Son can. And there's been rumours apparently he wants to move to a bigger he, club. Yeah, he wants yeah. to move out. So it was a move out. It's He's not all out. rosy at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But um, before we talk about Newcastle, Kane managed to get himself another goal. Um, he's on ten for the season now, which is yeah, Kane. Unlike Son, he's kind of kept up his form from last season. He's playing very well. And if Haaland wasn't in the league, everyone would be thinking, fuck me, he's just a Harry Kane, best striker in the Should league. Should have been at City. Blah, blah. But because we've got Haaland in the league, everyone's kind of sleeping on Kane and sleeping on Mitro. To the only extent, thing about but... Kane this season is, so usually his, like obviously he's going to score goals, mm. but he does trip in with the odd assist here and there. He's only a one this season. Is he? Didn't yeah, he? only on one assist. Which is that is, because uh, everybody else is just fucking shite at the moment? Potentially. Um, I'm going to let you have the floor now. Just discuss your feelings about Hugo Lloris. Waste of space, man. And the argument is always, oh, he won the World Cup, as if he's the fucking Donny out there calling the shots and dictating the game. Fucking, he won the World Cup because you had a midfield of Paul Pogba prime and Kante prime. That's why you won the World Cup. He was just sat in goal doing nothing pretty much every game because they were just so dominant. But um, every game that I watch him in, apart from that one game where I tweeted that he was shit and then turned into prime Neuer, he's been crap. He's His decision-making at like an elite level is so bad. He reminds me of like, do you know when David De Gea had that period where every decision he made was just going wrong? That's like Larissa's whole career. He, was, he reminds me a lot of David De Gea. Him and David De Gea are very similar goalkeepers. They great shot stoppers. Lloris not so much, but like not good with the ball at the feet. So Terrible decision making. Mm-hmm. Um, and Callum Wilson has arrived, and he has. It's not a foul at any point in. Lloris runs into him. The world, yeah. So and he was just moaning, and then Callum Wilson done a nice little dink. It's a great finish. Box, yeah. Great finish. But um, yeah. If you've got a defence that is super sound, like he had for France, where you've got Varane, Prime, and fucking Kimpembe, Kimpembe I think, and TT or whoever, then you're like, fucking hell, we can have an absolute donut in goal that makes rush decisions because he won't have to make too many of those per game because we'll be dominating. Whereas, because Spurs, you've got three defenders that are also pretty shocking at making decisions in Eric Dyer, in Longley, in Ben Davis, in Davison Sanchez and all that. Between them, it's just like a clusterfuck of bad decisions constantly. It reminds me of when Arsenal had Leno, Mustafi, and Kalasanak or David Luiz or any of them, man. It was just, say, you, like a normal team would have about two bad decisions a game. These men will do about double digits every game. And that's what Spurs are having at the moment. So many awkward moments and rash decisions that are costing them games. No cohesion. So defensive line is Spurs' problem. The midfield doesn't do enough, but you can get away with that because the front lot do so much. But do they? 
But defensively, as much as the front lot do, as much as Kane is on 10 goals a season already, if the back lot are clowns, you're in trouble. And the back lot, unfortunately for Spurs, fortunately for me... Or a circus. Circus of clowns, mate. It's big circus of clowns. Um, one good highlight from the new. Well, I said one good highlight from Newcastle's perspective. Newcastle flying fourth in the league. Um, but big Almiron, Jack Grealish, Almiron. Jack Grealish, mate. He's oh, absolutely a written putting, apology letter, mate. Honestly, yeah. he's he's looking electric. Um, yeah, I'm happy for him, man. Yeah, so am I. He seems like a sound guy. He's never like been that kind of guy that got that move and was like. Kind of like Joe Linton in that, like, he came for a decent amount of money and definitely underperformed. But he never come out and, like, been like, oh, this isn't working for me. The manager's not working for me. The system's not working for me. He's just taken the heat, knuckled down, found a manager that, like, obviously believes in him, is giving him the run of games in a, like, system that is working for him, and he's delivering. He was also, he was always a very good player and you could tell that he was a quality player yeah but he's added like that, f- that end product to his game yeah a you can bit. tell he's like he's a bit more clinical around the box he's got a bit more instinctual like play he, to him now yeah he's definitely got um, a bucket load of confidence yeah and it. what I also like as well is that I think Newcastle fans never have jumped on his back for his mm. lack of like his lack of like he's never had a lack of effort, but his lack of ability around the box. You yeah, know? his end product. Um, was and now bad. He, they're reaping the rewards because they've yeah. got a great little player on their hands, and you know, long may it continue because uh, we love it. We love. Yeah, now I'm happy days for Newcastle. I quite like them. You know, like good fans, good good club. And if you beat Spurs, you're a good team in my book. Yeah, good boys. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to discuss this week? Nah, all the other games happened, happened. United-Chelsea. United-Chelsea was a 1-1. Good game, though. Yeah, it was all right. I mean, actually, the game was kind of dry. but um, It's always dry when them two play. It's always like a 1-1 or a 0-0. It's always a bit of a stinker. Last-minute goal from... Uh, who was it? Oh, Casemiro. Casemiro, yeah, yeah. good header. And um, City beat Brighton 3-1. Standard. You got that one on the money. Yeah. Um, Haaland bag in. All pretty standard. Yeah, well, what we'll do is we'll move on to our predictions for um, game week number 14. Let's go. Kicking us off. Bah, bah. A resurgent Leicester versus a potentially depleted Man City. Um, yeah, we're still unaware of Haaland's, the extent of Haaland's injury. So he got taken off in the Champions League game. Yeah, he was videoed hobbling and stuff quite dramatically. Um, so we don't know Had a bit of a fever as well, apparently. Yeah. So... Um, they're assessing that. I, th- I think he w- was back in training today as of so it's the 28th. So maybe we'll get some minutes tomorrow. It might be a bit too soon. I mean, the problem is when you're City, you've got so much talent. You've got Julian yeah. Alvarez on the bench, you know. Yeah, you yeah. play Foden in the false nine role. You know, you could do what you want. Um, but yeah, against uh, Leicester team, we've had a couple of decent results. A good 4-0 win against Wolves. Um, you want to kick it off or should I? Yeah, fuck it. I'll kick it off. Um as much as I like the resurgence of Leicester, I think Man City are going to be too much for them. I don't think, if you asked me this a couple of weeks ago, I would have said fucking like 7-0 City. I don't think it's going to be a battering. I don't think City will go to Leicester and have it all their way. I think the likes of Madison and Barnes will cause problems, but I still reckon it'll be a City win. I'm going to go for a 2-0 Man City. 2-0 Man City. I think I'm going to go for a 3-0. Actually, you know what? I fancy Leicester getting on the score sheet. 3-1. Okay, yeah. Back-to-back back 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 three ones. Let's go. Now, fuck that, actually. <laughs> this guy. I switched up. 2-1 Man City. 2-1. Oh, tight Close, close yeah. affair. Close okay. affair. Bournemouth versus Spurs. I'm going to go 
Did you like, see Spurs in the Champions League? So all the clips of Harry Kane scoring that last minute goal and then getting ruled off uh, offside. So that's an L. Uh, if you record yourself at a stadium... You deserve it. Firstly, yeah, you deserve it. But like, if you record yourself cheering, going absolutely nuts for a last-minute winner and then getting ruled off, just don't upload the footage. Why on earth is that? Who has the self-confidence to Man, put that everyone want to be an influencer. Not, mate, that is rough. I'd but, be bidding that off. Yeah, I mean, put your fucking phone away, bro. Just enjoy the moment. Yeah, literally. Um... Yeah, I, do you know what? Every week I back Spurs. I think I back Spurs pretty much every week. Stop backing Spurs. Um, and I'm going to continue to back Spurs. <laughs> this guy. I'm going to go for a 1-0 win to Spurs. Uh, yeah, I think it won't be very high scoring. I think Bournemouth's defence, they'll set up in a way that, so like we said, Spurs like playing against teams that come at them and they just fucking beat them on the counter. Bournemouth aren't going to do that. Bournemouth are going to sit back and try and do what Spurs do to teams, to them. So I think Spurs will struggle to break them down. What do you say? 1-0? One 1-0 nil. One to Spurs. I think it will be something tight. I'm going to go 2-0 Spurs. Very nice, very nice. Brentford versus Wolves. Two teams off uh, the back of a 4-0 drubbing. Indeed, yeah. Very uh, interesting affair. Um, Brentford at home against the Wolves team with no manager. Brentford probably looking to bounce back. Yeah, both teams looking to bounce back, but I think Brentford will be the one that bounces back. I think they've got more of like a set team set manager set ideas and so it's easy to bounce back that way because you know who you are whereas Wolves they've just like you said been absolutely thumped by Leicester but they haven't got a set starting 11 they haven't got a set manager they haven't got a set like kind of team cohesion so I think it'll be harder for them to get their kind of morale back so I think Brentford will do them I'm going to go 2-0 Brentford going to 2-0 Brentford I'm going to go for a I was tempted to go for a one-all draw, but I think Brentford will edge it out. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 to Brentford. Very interesting game following this one up. We've Graham got Potter. Uh, Graham Potter returning to Hogwarts, The man. Graham Potter derby. Deserby uh, not getting off to the best start. No, but he did come out and say. So I saw a nuts stat about Man City game, actually. So Man City, in Pep Guardiola's time in charge, have only ever had less possession than the opposing team twice. And both games have been against Brighton. Obviously, one was Graham Potter's Brighton back in the day. One was Deserby, and yeah. the other one was Deserby's. So, and Deserby came out and said that if they play like they did against City every week, they'll be fine. They'll be like top half easy. I don't think they played bad football under Deserby. I no. think they've actually played really And that City game football. was like the first game I fully kind of saw what he was trying to do. And he took the game to Man City. They looked like a very good team. Yeah, they didn't look too great against Forrest the previous no. uh um, match, little, but yeah, yeah, maybe you know. It's, I mean, it's it's early on in the Zerbi yeah. era, so same with Potter yeah. and Chelsea. Yeah, it is. Um, oh, this is a very tough one to predict, you know, because Brighton will be up for it. The players who are under Potter won't want to get Ooh, rolled over yeah. by him at his new. But team. Chelsea have got quality, you know, and Potter's got insights to how those players will want to play against. Yeah, him, that's true. I didn't think you of know. That, yeah. So I think it's going to be a tight affair. But I think there will be goals in it. Yeah, same. I think I'm going to go for a 3-2 to Chelsea. Ooh. I think it's going to be a spicy one. Yeah, spicy I like that. I also do think there's going to be goals. I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw. Yeah. I think that's a, a fair... Fair... Yeah, good good shit, man. Thanks, man. This is when it's a nil-nil, like... <laughs> Stinker. Yeah. Crystal Palace, Southampton. Um, Southampton offer two decent results. Yeah. And Crystal Palace, not on the best run of form. Beat Wolves, then they got battered by Everton. Um, I'm expecting a performance out of Palace. 
Yeah, you need at home they're a different team to when they're, they're very away. good at Selhurst Park. Yeah. yeah. Um, you want to kick off the scoring? Yeah, I think like we say in that Selhurst Park, they're a different breed. Southampton will have a lot of confidence going into this game, so I think there's goals for both teams. But I think Palace win it. I'm gonna go poor, two or three one, two one Crystal Palace. Yeah, I'm gonna go for a one nil. One nil Crystal Palace. One nil Crystal Palace. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Newcastle Villa, good game. I mean, Villa under Don Unai. Newcastle flying on the touchline, mate. It's yeah, sick. so I'm gonna go. I think Villa, uh, Newcastle will have a bit more, a little a bit too much for Villa. Yeah, same. And I think, uh, but I think Emery will set them up defensively. So I can't see too many goals. I think I'm gonna go for a two-one to Newcastle. Nice. I'm gonna go for. Mm, I don't know. I don't have much faith in the Aston Villa back line. So I can see Newcastle scoring a fit. And firing Callum Wilson, Almiron on fire. Is that when's Saint Maximate? Has he got like a serious injury? I don't know what's he. No idea, mate. But um, yeah, so I think Newcastle will have too much for them as well. I'm going to go for a three three one to Newcastle. A three one. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Fulham and Everton both off uh, scoring three goals respectively. Um, could be it's a very good, good game yeah, it could actually. Be a good game. It's on TV as well, which is yeah. Um, I think. I will go. Oh, will Everton? Mm, I think I might go for like a two-all draw. Yeah, this game has kind. Of, it could literally go any way because, like I said, both teams are on decent form at the moment, and Fulham. Oh, I don't know. It's hard to say, isn't it? Because I'd say Everton are on better form than Fulham at the moment, but Fulham are at home, so it does have a draw. I'm going to go for an Everton win. You know, I've I've slandered them enough, and I've. Probably got to start giving them their flowers. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 Everton. Oh, nice. Um, Liverpool versus Leeds. Oh, man. I keep backing Liverpool and they keep letting me down, you know. we. I, th- I think I said 4-0 last week. Yeah, and I said 6. Yeah, and it's just like... But at some point, <laughs> at some point we've got to be right. Yeah, yeah, that was an L. So I'm going to go for 9-0. <laughs> no, it's gonna, I think it's going to be 4-1 Liverpool. Okay. And I think after this game, the heat will be on Jesse Marsh. Yeah, I, I back it. I do, like you predicted, I do see Liverpool conceding because at the moment, I swear Liverpool, their defence has got to be one of the shakiest in the league. I don't know what stats are, but chances conceded, it's got to be bad. So I do see Leeds scoring, but like Liverpool's defence is shaky, Leeds' defence is two, three times as shaky. So what did you say, 4-1? Yep. I like that. I'm going to go 3-1. Very nice. Yeah. Um, Sunday's kickoff. Why is this game not on TV? Because fuck Arsenal. <laughs> I don't understand, um, man. So yeah. Sunday is meant to be TV Good game. game, though. Good game. Shout out Forest all over podcast. Big game. Arsenal, Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Um, you want to kick this one off? Yeah, I reckon we do. Them. I think... Um, sorry. Uh, I think they had a very good result against um, Liverpool. But they're away at the Emirates, which is turning into a bit of a fortress. Not many teams come and get decent results. Arsenal off the back of sort of two, not bad performances, but bad results. So there might be a bit of extra fire in their belly. I hope so, because I was saying in that kind of, is the World Cup coming too soon thing, that we were all momentum. And I don't want our momentum to die. And if it dies just before the World Cup and the World Cup comes, maybe then it is good. Then it's good. But um, if we can keep the momentum up, then... That'd be nice. So I'm going to go for a 3 0 Arsenal. Uh, ooh, I don't know if it's going to. Hmm. I can see a drop. But Gabriel in. limped off for the PSV game. He apparently 
got quite a nasty foot injury. So we might have a bit of a mate. Jesus. Nah, um, or Maglesh. Centre-back one, yeah, Maglesh. So, yeah, we might have a bit of a makeshift defensive line. I mean, but the thing is, though, you can bring Keane in the left, yeah, Tommy Asti back to Ryan Benton, White centre-back. Yeah, we've got, we've got options. You've got options, man. Um, and he had a chance to rest a couple of players midweek against PSV. Mm. Likes of uh, Thomas Partey came off the bench, didn't he? Yeah. Martinelli. Uh, no, sorry, Saka and uh, Jesus. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, th- I fancy Arsenal to win. I'm going to go for a 2-0. Nice. And round us up, we've got uh, the Red Devils versus the Irons. Yeah. Man United, just off the back of a 3-0 win in the Europa League. They played well, to be fair. Hey, mate, Anthony is different, man. The guy can do... That little spinny thing. Man's got a roundabout going... I've got a TikTok Whoa. idea. Me and you try and do that skill. Just, But we'll just do it. Like I'm just going to randomly <laughs> find you during the day, pass you the ball. And you've got to do it first time. Yeah, it's a weird one. I don't know what he's up to, like... I like the idea. Oh, of we should do like Anthony ordering at Starbucks, and he's just like <laughs> waiting for his order. Just spinning around. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I like the idea of techie players. But fucking, yeah, Man United playing. Who are you playing? I can't even remember who they played. Sheriff Tiraspol. And it's like chill out, mate. Yeah, Ronaldo getting on the score sheet though. He was pretty whack the whole game until then, though. Yeah, he just doesn't. He, he doesn't look as athletic, does he? Like, no, but um, is it Garnacho? He had a good game. He's like little young you, 18, I think. Yeah, man. So, um, but yeah, West Ham on decent run of form at the moment. One in the, what is it called? The Conference League. And then one Beat, last week against yeah, Bournemouth. Bournemouth. So yeah. yeah, they're on a decent run of form as well. So Could two teams good game. in good form. I think it's going to be a tight affair. I think I'm going to go for a one-all draw. One-all draw. I like that. So I always don't, I don't like going for draws, but like. Obviously no, but draws, yeah, they happen. Yeah. <laughs> they do. <laughs> draws do happen. Yeah. But um, this won't be a board draw. It'll be a nah, score draw. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 United. Very nice. Yeah. And that rounds us up. Rounds us up. Thank you for listening, guys. It's been uh, Board Draw. Follow us on all our socials. Tiki Toki. Yeah, we'll do some more Tiki Tokis. Yeah. Instagram. We'll get HS Tiki Toki <laughs> on the Tiki Toki. Yeah, man. But, um, Insta, like, Twitter. subscribe. All that jazz. Sub to our YouTube, man. Yeah, Do it on. now. We want to get 100 subs, innit? If you're watching this, sub right now. Go to your nan's house. Get her iPad. Subscribe. If you film yourself getting your unsubscribed, we'll give you something. That's facts. Send us a vid of you getting your nad to subscribe to us and we'll send you something. Something very nice. But yeah, thanks guys for listening. Uh, it's been Bordraw and it's live. <laughs>